0: Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our bold conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to him are radiant. Psalm 16. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. As for the saints who are in the land, (laughs) they are the glorious one in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So how did you respond when you found out the news about this COVID-19 Because all of us are choosing to respond, not just once, but every day, how we're gonna respond in this moment. It's interesting when you look at different crises that people go through. Sometimes there's a crisis and we fix it, we go through it and our lives are different, but it was just a moment. In this case, this crisis is long. In fact, we've all just received word this week from the mayor that uh, we're gonna be in this a little bit longer. And so we wanna help you walk through this journey successfully. Actually, right when we got the news at Radiant about this whole crisis, we started recording psalms and just praying the scriptures because running to the scriptures in the midst of this moment and just reading the psalms and praying the psalms is a way of finding ourselves rooted in God when it's easy to find root in something else. And so over the next season, I want to invite you to go on a journey in the Psalms and find yourself rooted in the scriptures, rooted in the word of God. When we look at the Psalms, there's 150 150 Psalms, 73 of them were written by David. So here's David, and David was the one who loved the presence of God. So many of his writings are talking about how much he aches, longs, desires for the presence of God. And you know, in this moment, you're gonna form some habits. It's interesting because a lot of crises they come along, they take place quickly, and then you go back to life like it used to be. But they say that a habit is formed in 21 days, and all of us are forming new habits. My family, we're all right now together at home every single day. And so there's actually, if you think about how long this is gonna be, there's new habits that are being formed. So in this season, you could be forming habits that will ruin you or you could be forming habits that will form you. We want to help you go on a journey. I want to help you come out of this season dependent on God like never before. Leaning on Him and what would it look like if the Psalms became your friend in this season. So I want to invite you to spend time reading and praying the Psalms every day just as a church. We're going to be in this series for a little while. We'll see I want to invite you to read four psalms a day. If you'll read four psalms a day, then I guarantee you, you will read all of the psalms just while our church does this collection of talks on the psalms. And so just each day. Now you gotta, you gotta think through it because, for example, Psalm 117 is two verses and Psalm 119 is really long. So, but if you'll just do four a day, you'll read through the whole psalms. And in this time, you'll find yourself getting more and more anchored in the word of God. When we read Psalm 16, it's called the Golden Psalm. And that's the one I want to talk about today. Psalm 16 is David's journey that starts off in this cry of desperation saying, God, save me. That's what all of us feel right now. God, I need you. God, I want to be safe. And he goes on a journey and he concludes talking about eternal pleasures at the right hand of God. He ends talking about eternity. And this is a courageous psalm. It starts off in a place of desperation, but it concludes in a statement of declaration. I will not be shaken. And so go with me on a journey, Psalm 16. They call it the Golden Psalm. We're gonna look at it together today. What's your safe place? What's the place that you run when things are hard and you're in a crisis? David says here, keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. All of us run to a refuge. We will run to something. The question is not, will you run to something? It's what will you run to? And the enemy's goal is to get you to run after anything, to run to a safe place, to run to a refuge, anything other than God. So all of us, when we're suddenly experiencing a crisis, when we're suddenly feeling fear, the challenge is to run to God right now so that there might be crisis all around you but there's no crisis inside of you. David, he ran to God and think of all the crisis he experienced. He had the moments of not just the lion and the bear but the moment with Goliath and yet there's inside of him this courage, this strength. Psalm 16 is a psalm about courage. It starts off in this place of where will I run and when we read it David gives us the names of God, who he is. And David ends with courage, even though he starts in this place of, God, I need you. It ends with this resolution, this declaration, I will not be shaken. I was thinking about my little girl, uh, Olivia, when she was three, we were at the park and I had my other kids around and uh, suddenly there was this coyote off in the distance and in that moment, my three-year-old girl ran to me like you can't believe. I mean, she just started running towards me as soon as she saw it, and, and I started running to her because same thing, inside of me, when there was that crisis, man, you gotta know, I'm gonna do everything I can to protect my little girl. And I ran toward her, and in the moment, the only thing that makes sense for her is to run to me, right? Like, imagine how foolish it would be if she ran to her four-year-old little brother, Dawson. Like, it wouldn't make sense because David in his 30s had a lot more strength than a four-year-old Dawson. So, on one idea is this. It, It makes sense for you to run to your father, to run to God as your refuge because he's the omnipotent one. He's the one that has the strength right now when you don't have the strength. When you're experiencing this I'm weak, I'm in need, I have fear. Running to God is, is logical. But I was thinking about it the other way too. Imagine how painful it is for me as a father if in that moment my little girl ran to Dawson. So here I am the 30 something year old dad that's strong and big and buff and works out and I've got all the capacity to take care of her. And yet if she ran to a weaker source, a weaker refuge, Here's my point, right now, you running to God is the, the best thing you can do because he has the strength and it actually brings him joy when he gets the privilege of taking care of you. For me in that moment, man, when I could protect my little girl, it brought me great joy. It's both ways. It's, it's for you, but it's also what God loves to do. He loves to take care of you in this crisis. So let this verse one be alive on your lips. Let's get this inside of us. Most of our prayers don't start in discipline. They usually start in desperation. Oh God, keep me safe. In you, I take refuge. So in the middle of COVID-19, in the middle of the massive economic downturn, in the middle of people around you that are dying, that we read about online, In you, I take refuge. I'm not going to run from God in the midst of the crisis. I'm going to run to God. I'm going to look to God in the midst of this and say, you are my refuge. So what's the one thing in your life that is most supreme, that you hold as the highest value in your life? We read David here in verse 2, and he says, My Lord, I have no good thing apart from you. That sounds a lot like Jesus in John 15. It's this idea that apart from you, I have no good thing. It's you're my treasure. You're the thing that I value the most. You're supreme. And this is a good pop quiz for us just to come before God and say, God, without you, I have nothing. You are my highest treasure. And David's got a lot of of good things in his life. I mean he was a successful shepherd he was a successful warrior he was a successful king david had an abundance of wealth david you could clearly see some skills and some relationships and he goes no apart from you and he's talking to god apart from you i have no good thing so we read psalm 2 we go verse 1 then we go verse 2 and we say god you are my lord apart from you i have no good thing and then this addition rolls on where he starts talking about people and he says the holy people these are the noble ones in the land in which i have all my delight interesting word my delight in people why he says well the holy people they're the ones who they find god as their treasure too and so that sets them apart that makes us have something in common that makes This friendship, this unique relationship of high value, I delight in them. Why? Because they delight in God. They treasure what I treasure. So that makes us united. I was uh, thinking about one of my dear friends who's a missionary to Guatemala. And when we would sit down to have coffee at Starbucks when we were in our 20s, he would start the conversation with this way. Let's talk about our father. So right there you go, hey, we got a lot in common. Right? Like, we're both in ministry. We both had four kids. We were a little bit different in height. He was about 6'4", but, but, but we were buds. But when we sat down, it wasn't those things. It was this thing. It was like, hey, let's talk about our father. Mm. A.W. Tozer calls it the fellowship of the burning heart. C.S. Lewis says that a Christian friendship usually starts with something like, What? You two? I thought I was the only one which is you treasure him. Some of you, you hear some of that and you think, man, I'm not even sure if I have some Christian friends. I'm not even sure if I have friends that treasure God like that. Oh, that's the kind of friendships that we wanna have here at Radiant. I I want you to picture yourself sitting down at your screen, be it a laptop, be it an iPhone, maybe you've got the the big screen of your television, and in this COVID-19 season, connecting with people that treasure Christ like you're going to treasure you're going to treasure something and you're going to connect to something. You're going to sit down at that screen and you you could just connect with people that enjoy sports, you could connect with people that enjoy you, you could connect with people that you you could connect with things that feed some of some some lusts or some greed or some anger. Every time you open up a screen while you're right now In this stay-at-home order, you're going to connect to something. Imagine if you were intentionally connecting with people who treasured Christ so that when you walked away, you thought, God, apart from you, I have no good thing. And that relationship helps you. That's David here. David's going, I take delight in the holy people. Why? They treasure what he treasures. They delight in what he delights in. This week, uh, I came running down the stairs uh, and I told Renata, I feel so renewed and I was so alive because I had just come off a, a little digital prayer call where I prayed with an old friend and I just was alive. Why? Because we just sang worship songs together. Like, yeah, like him just playing his guitar right there on the screen and we just sang, we just prayed and I experienced this can growing in my love, my, my treasuring God just by hanging out with a friend online. And I think this is a season for us to do that, to be intentional, make space, and just connect. You're gonna connect somewhere. Let's connect with some of the holy ones, some of the holy people, some of the people that treasure God. Make that a part of your journey right now and you'll watch. Your delight in God will increase. Can we find contentment in God, even when we don't get all the things that we want? Right now in this season of COVID-19, there's so many things that we're used to getting that we currently don't have. And here's David, and he makes this statement to God. God, you're my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The, lines, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I was thinking of it in kind of twofold. It's this present tense, you're my portion and my cup. And then he goes forward and he talks about this futuristic inheritance. We all think of inheritance as the future. And he's going, You're, you've given to me what I need. You're my portion and my cup. Surely I have this future delightful inheritance. I was thinking about David as a king and he's sitting at a feast and he's going to relate his relationship with God and what God means to him. And if you can just imagine having this meal and he takes his portion and he takes his cup and he goes... That's what I need. That's what I have. If I have that, I'm good. And if we get just in the middle of this time where there's a whole smorgasbord of things in front of us, just say, if I have God as my portion, I'm good. I'm content. That's what I'm taking. When my little girl was two, Adeline, and she... She had her crib. We were trying to transition her from a crib to her bed and she was not okay unless she was in her crib. But if she was in her crib, she was happy and she would say, my crib, my crib, my crib. (laughs) I just could tell you that was her portion. That was her place of contentment. And we make our place of contentment God. David says, God, you are my portion. You are my cup. I want to invite you right now to think about as you face bad news, as you face things that are taken from you that we feel like we should have to have this response on your lips. Hey health is hard you're my portion you're my cup hey you don't get to go be a part of the business that you love God you're my portion in my cup hey we don't get to gather as a church right now God you're my portion in my cup Hey, the financial loss is huge. It's bigger than expected. God, you're my portion and my cup. That's the challenge. Easy to say, hard to live. But right now, let's learn from King David. He is our refuge. He is our treasure. And he is our portion. Will we let God be our counselor? Will we listen to his voice when he counsels us? Here's David, and his next phrase is, I will praise the Lord. He's the one who counsels me. So it's real easy to let God be our refuge, but when he starts counseling us and telling us what to do, that's where a lot of people say, no, I'm not going there, but here's David, and he says, no, he's my counselor. When Renata and I went to Plant Radiant Church here in Kansas City, I had a buddy, They had planted a church earlier and I called him frequently and asked for wisdom and he would counsel me to do things that I thought sounded so risky and he would call it faith and I would call it crazy and then each time that I, each time I did it and I never regretted it, each time that he was right and I was so glad that I said yes to his counsel and every time you say yes to God's counsel, you'll be glad that you did. When you hear his voice, read the scriptures about knowing God and getting close to him, heed his counsel. When, when, when God leads you, when you read the scriptures about relationships, say yes to his counsel. When he's leading you, when you read the scriptures and he's telling you how to live your life according to holiness and stepping out of addictions and stepping out of things that will ruin your life, we say, yes, I want the whole counsel of God. I want what you have, you're my counselor. When you read about God speaking to you about how to serve or how to step into your spiritual gifts and fulfill what God's called you to, or how to walk into ministry, the temptation is to say it's too much, it's too hard, it requires too much of me. I live in a culture that tells me I can have all these things and live for now and God says no, live for eternity and if you will heed his counsel, if you'll let him be your counselor, well, then verse eight is your story too and look at David. He says, yeah, he counsels me and verse eight he comes along and says, I have set the Lord always before me and he adds this, I will not be shaken. What? There's somebody who knows how to be stable? Yes. There's there's wisdom. There's somebody that knows how I can not fall apart in a crisis? Yes. David. He takes us on this journey where he worships. He says, "You are my refuge. You are my treasure. You you're my portion and my cup and my counselor. You are and the one who starts off saying, "Keep me safe, O oh God, in desperation," by verse eight, he is steadfast, courageous, and saying, "I will not be shaken." How did he get there? He worshipped. He was declaring, "This is who you are. You're my counselor, you're my portion, you're my cup. You're my refuge. Apart from you, I have no good thing. You're my treasure." That's why at Radiant we say, hey, let's enter in on a Sunday when we gather together and worship. Or even why we begin this when we're gathering online, we start with worship. While we fill up our earbuds, fill up our cars, turn off all the other voices to just lift up our voices to God and worship. Because when we worship, we go on a journey where we end up in a different place. When we worship, we behold who God is and it affects how we see our lives. It affects how we live our lives and how we stand. David gets to verse 8, and he's gone on a worship journey that allows him then to say, I won't be shaken. You don't have to be shaken either. I want to invite you, though, fill up everything. Yell at Alexa, Alexa! And tell her to sing yet again another worship song. You can ask the weather, and you can fill it up with all kinds of news, and you can fill it up with a whole, a whole lot of other things, but the best thing that you can fill up your house with, your car with, your earbuds with, your computer speakers with, so where will we find our ultimate joy Here's we get down to the end of this psalm david points us towards eternity and so actually if you read acts chapter 2 when peter preaches at pentecost he quotes psalm 16 and speaks of how david is speaking even of jesus there in verse 10 when David says, you won't let me see decay forever. And he's saying, I'm, I'm not going to have eternal death. I'm going to have eternal life. And God has eternal life available for everyone who says yes to Jesus. Here in Old Testament, Psalm 16, the way that David says it is, you make known to me the path of life. It's, are you are going to choose the path of life or the path of death? Jesus gives us narrow road. Or Broad Road, but it's this simple. You're gonna go to God and let Jesus be your source, Jesus be your life, Jesus who went to the cross, died for you, paid your debt, enabled a way for you to spend eternity with Him. Will you let Him be your life? David said, In your presence is joy forevermore. Joy in your presence. He said, pleasures at your right hand forever. That's what is available for us when we say yes to the path of life, to Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. And today I wanna give you the opportunity in the midst of a moment where so many of us feel such fear, such chaos. If you're the Lord of your life right now and you go, I I am done. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I want eternity with him. I wanna run to God. I want God to be my treasure. I want God to be the one that I find life in. I I, I, I can't do this on my own. He's my refuge. He's my protector. God's the one. Apart Apart from him, I got nothing good. If you today want eternal life, if you want to run to God, Jesus has created a way by going to the cross, dying in your place for your sin you can have new life in Christ. He rose from the dead. Here's how you begin a journey with Jesus. You pray, you come before him and you say, I'm done living for me, I want God. And I wanna lead you in that prayer right now. The best choice that you can make with your life is to give your life to Jesus. It's what lasts for eternity. And what we have as followers of Jesus is joy in his presence. That's the hope, we have a future hope. Eternal pleasures at your right hand forever and ever. If I don't have God, I have no hope. I look to eternity and it's just like looking at death. It's looking at eternal death. But when I have Jesus, I have eternal life. So if you want to follow Jesus today, I want to encourage you. Just pray this prayer with me right now. Father, today I come before you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. Be my refuge. Be my treasure. Be my life. Save me from my sin, forgive me of my sin. I want new life in Christ. Be the Lord of my life, be my counselor, be my God. I choose to follow Jesus. I give you my life in Jesus' name.